Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching, whether it's stories or ideas for my own classrooms or lessons I've learned from other educators. I love to explore ways to help students grow and thrive in school and for their educators too as well. So that's what this podcast is. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can we lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? All right, and we're back. This feels momentous, episode 40. We've done 40 of these now. And it feels extra momentous because this is two weeks in a row that I've recorded a podcast. And so it feels good to be back in the rhythm. If this is the first time you've tuned in, so excited to have you listen in on uh, what we have to talk about today. And if you've been here a while, if this isn't your first rodeo, welcome back. Um, today, you know, yesterday I, I had the opportunity to speak at a school, at a high school near where I live here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, when I got done, uh, uh, a woman came up to me, an educator. I'm not sure what her position is, but she came up and she said, hey, Mr. Muir, I, my, and she said her name and she goes, you had my daughter years ago in your classroom. And, and I, all of a sudden it kind of came back to me. I was like, oh yeah, your daughter. And I said her name and she was like, yes, do you remember? I was like, yeah. And, uh, and, and it was one of those funny things because she's like, oh, my daughter is just about to graduate from college this year. She's in her senior year and she's getting a, and she's a great writer and she, if I, things have finally turned around for her. And, uh, I rem I, I was like, that's wonderful. And she says, oh, and she attributes so much of it to her time in your class. Classroom. That's where she started falling in love with writing. And I, I, was, I was like, I'm so thrilled to hear that. But are you sure she said that? Or do you actually mean that? Are you just trying to make me feel good? Because all I really remember of your daughter in my class is that, yes, she was a kind girl, but boy, did she not seem to want to do anything I had for her in my class. She was just constantly pushing back and, 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 sometimes disrespectful. I could have swore that your daughter did not like me or my class or any of that. So I'm a little surprised to hear that she would attribute any of where she is right now to her time in my classroom. But then I'm also reminded like this is sometimes how it goes, right? Like sometimes as a teacher, you have students who you feel like I am not cracking this shell, like, right? Like I am not getting through to them or maybe even they're working against everything I have for them. They really don't even like me or my class. And yet you find out later on down the road that it just took a little bit of time. So that's what I want to talk about. I want to tell you a story about that. But it kind of came to mind yesterday when I heard this. And what a thrill it is, right? Like when, when you hear from students years later and you find out that this work wasn't in vain, that they weren't actually just sleepwalking through their cla your class, even though it felt like they were most of the time, there was actually something getting through. So that's what I want to talk about. Um, First, a couple updates. I uh, will be out in Salt Lake City speaking in December. I will be in Las Vegas at the end of January. Uh, I will be doing a public event in New York City later on in the spring that you can come to if you're in that area, as well as Massachusetts. So anyway, I will put those dates up on my website if there is any of those in your region that are open and that you would like to come to. I would love to meet whoever listens to this thing. It's, it's a fun experience getting 
to sit in a little podcast booth here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, and, and share a, a few minutes of stories and ideas and know that there's people out there listening. So anyway, if you would like to connect, feel free to do that. You can also go to my website at trevormuir.com where I have been putting lots of articles and videos and resources out there and you can find them all there. So anyway, let's dive in to this podcast today. So one time I was walking through the hallway of my school um, when I, I was, I overheard two students talking to each other and uh, they were talking about whose advisory class they had to go to that day. So we had this kind of roving system where students were placed in different advisory classes, different teachers during kind of this elective hour. And this is where they could get extra work done or work on a special project, something like that. And the teachers were all assigned uh, to the students or students were assigned to us. And uh, one of them was saying, oh, for the next two weeks, I've got Mr. Muir. And then, and so he was kind of excited about it and they didn't know I was there. So I was like, oh, that makes me feel nice. You know, when you're kind of creeping up and you get to hear good things about yourself. So I was like, oh, that feels nice. And then uh, the other kid that he was talking to, he said, oh man, I got him too. And the kid goes, why? What does that matter? He goes, I hate that guy. And I was like, what? You hate me? And I was like, is he kidding? And so I kind of just sat there and listened. The kid's like, you don't like Mr. Muir's class? He's like, no, nah, I hate Mr. Muir. And I didn't want to hear the rest of it because like, it really hurt my feelings. And I just like left the hallway there and I just kept walking. And uh, I, I just, I really didn't like hearing that. Like th this kid said he hated me. And I tell you what, like sometimes being a teacher, it, does, it doesn't feel like it pays enough to sign up for people to hate you, right? Like, and then there was also just this reality that that student who declared he hated me, he was so challenging in my class and he was often disrespectful. And I had to, you know, maybe he hated me because I had to hold him accountable, right? right? Like I just didn't let certain things slide and he would get all frustrated about it. And, and yet I also was kind to him and I would show up to class and, and, and with this posture towards, hey, I know yesterday didn't go great, but let's have a new day. And then he would do something else and it was just he was this constant struggle and challenge for me in my classroom and yet I really made this attempt to always meet him with grace um, and yet I heard him publicly declare to his friend in the hallway that he hated me and I gotta tell you like I I, it didn't change how I approached my time with him, but I did have it stored away in the back of my mind that there's a student out there who has some serious disdain for me, and he showed it. You know, sometimes I'd have students who, uh, you know, I'd have to be, you know, I'd, I'd have to be the disciplinarian, um, and I'd have to have very stern discussions and sometimes take disciplinary action, right? Like, th there was plenty of instances where there were students doing something out of turn and I have to talk to them and I have to come down on them or I even have to say, hey, that's a detention, but I hope you understand why we have to do this. And usually those kids get it and they're like, I know, Mr. Muir, I screwed up. And it's like, okay, well, let's just keep moving forward. And, 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 and it was usually good. Like those relationships were most often repaired. But this kid, it's just like nothing I did would make an impact on him in a positive way that he would change his attitude towards my class. I mean, and, and after hearing him declare that he hated me, uh, I guess I was a little bit more aware about how he really felt because, you know, again, I didn't really change how I approached teaching him. Um, I met him with the same consistency and the same, you know, relationship that I always tried to build with him. And yet 
from that day on, I was aware like, oh, this kid is acting like this because he does not like me, right? There is, and I don't see repair happening. And so the rest of that year, as this kid was acting like this, I continued to try and he continued to act this way. And by the end of that school year, you know, I mean, I set this goal. I remember when he said he hated me, I was a little hurt. I was also like, I had some realistic, like, well, you can't make every kid love you, but I was also hurt. But I was also thinking to myself, all right, you've got to convert him, right? You got to win him over so that he doesn't hate you anymore. Cause I didn't sign up for this job to be hated. Actually, you know, especially at this stage in my career, I want to be loved by my students, right? I want all of them to like me. I want them to like my class. If I'm being honest with you, and this is my ego at the time, definitely. I wanted to be everybody's favorite teacher. And so to find out somebody doesn't like me at all and is telling other kids about it, like that rubbed me wrong. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to win this kid over. And so I remember trying to be extra kind to him and letting a few things slide more than I should have and, and just and trying to strike up conversation and, and give him really positive affirmation on his work and doing everything I can to kind of crack that nut and, and get through to him, but while also still being consistent and really trying to walk that tightrope between, all right, you've still got to be dis- d- consistent, but you also really want this kid to like you. And so then by the end of that school year with this student in my class, he continued to hate me. <laughs> he continued to not like me. I remember at the end of that school year, I was like, "Woo, no more of that kid in my class. And I am okay with it. And I remember once sharing this with another teacher um, down the hallway at the school. And um, we were talking about like, you know, what students are we struggling most with? And I think those are good conversations to have with our teammates, by the way. Like, I think we should be able to talk about, yeah, I'm really struggling with this kid. Do you have any tips? Or, hey, can I at least, can you commiserate with me? Because this has been a really challenging student. Um, And if it's always formative, right? Like, that's an important piece of those conversations. It's not just to say, it's not to talk smack about students. It's about, all right, how do I... How do, how do I do better? How do I, how do I work with the student? I remember sharing with another teacher that like, yeah, this one student hates me and he shows it and he acts like it in class. Um, and that teacher was like, huh, I have never had a problem with that student. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, he, he, he's great in my class. And then that really rubbed me wrong. I'm like, wait a minute. So it's literally me. There must be something wrong with me as a teacher that I cannot get through to him. And so when the end of the year came and that student moved on and I never had him in my class again, it was like a big sigh of relief. It's like, all right, we don't have to do that anymore. And, and so I was like, I was happy to see him go, if I'm being honest, because it, he was so difficult for me and I just and it really made me introspective about who I am as a teacher and as a person and what is it about me that he doesn't like I couldn't do anything to win him over and so like it's funny as as in the years that have followed that I've, I've had a number of students that really stick out in my memory and most of the time it's for something positive it's for a, a real being a positive presence in the classroom but there's a few that have stuck out. It's like, yeah, those were some of my most difficult students. And I've told you about some of them on the podcast before. Um, but this one was absolutely one of them. And he's always just kind of held a little spot in my mind of being a kid that just kind of proves that you can't win every kid over. And that is one of the lessons we'll get to. Well, you know, why don't we get to it right now? You can't win every kid over. And I kind of learned that lesson that year. I, I learned that like, man, 
sometimes you just can't get through to every student. And, and, and sometimes we, want, we think that we can, or that's our responsibility. But as I've shared this line before, and I'll share it again, because this, this is a piece of wisdom that has really served me well. It's that it's not my job to get 100% participation from students. Or another way of putting it is, it's not my job to make every student love my class. Our job is to give students opportunities to succeed, right? It's the, that's all we can do is continue to give opportunities, but, but we can't force it, right? We're, we're not genies, we're not puppet masters that can just control our students. The fact is, they are not blank slates. Instead, they're more like characters within stories and their stories have conflict. And, and as educators, we don't always get access to what that conflict is. We don't see what's beneath the surface. And, and so sometimes that behavior they bring to class is communicating something about their lives, but we don't always get to see what it's communicating. And we have to work with what we're given. And that is hard and that is challenging. And at, by the end of that year, I kind of learned the lesson that I cannot win every student over and all I can do is continue to give them opportunities to succeed. But I would be lying to you if I said it still isn't frustrating, right? That's, that's, that's one of the hard reality, one of the harsh realities of being a teacher is that you don't have this, this omnipotence over our students. We cannot control them. We cannot force them to like us or our classes or our subject area or the activities we plan or the projects we design. We can't do it. And, and that's, a tough, that's a tough thing. But then when you take it a step further, we can't make them not hate us. It's like that is difficult. And I don't want to sugarcoat that. Those are the type of things that make this job extra hard. Because there's a reality, I remember thinking with that student that year, like, man, you know, I'm still a fairly young teacher. And so I'm not getting paid anything for this work. And I'm working long, difficult hours. And I'm figuring a lot of things out. And, and, and there's lots of political turmoil. And parents have not been going easy on me. And, and my students seem to be kind of off the wall a little bit lately. And it's like the last thing I need to hear right now is that a student actively hates me like that he doesn't like me that much that he would share it with somebody. It's like, that's the last thing you need. And so, yeah, if that's you, if you have students who just don't get you and don't like you, I hope you know that you're not alone in that. I hope you know that it's like, yeah, this is, this is part of it sometimes, that students might not like us all the time. But, <laughs> and here's the funny thing, this, this is where it all kind of comes together. So there's this beauty um, in the lives we live that the stories seem to just take time to develop sometimes, but then uh, there's, there's this reality that's revealed to us that maybe we had it wrong. Because here, so about maybe two years ago, I get a Facebook message, and uh, it's from this same student, the one who just declared so loudly that they hate me. Um, and uh, I go and, I, and I'm like, what? Oh, here, what is this? I haven't heard, I haven't, I've thought of this kid since then, but I have not heard from him. And so I open it up and it says something along the lines of, I should have pulled it up for the podcast, but I remember it because it was so crystal clear. It said, hi, Mr. Muir. I just wanted to get in touch to tell you where I am in life. And he shares that he just graduated college and that he got a job as a computer programmer and that he's doing all of this good work. Um, and, he, and then he threw in there, um, but I know that I wasn't easy on you in class. I was still figuring some things out in life, but I couldn't be where I am without you. 
So I just wanted to say thank you. And I remember reading that message and it was like the climax of a story, right? Like I, I, I thought that story ended that June when that student left my class and I'd never have to teach him or deal with his attitude and his disrespect and his obstinance and his hate ever again. And yet that was all just part of the rising action, right? Like that was part of the suspense that was building and then there was this moment where I read this letter where I realized I had it wrong. This kid didn't hate me. This kid had stuff going on in life and he took it out on me. Now, was that fair to me as his teacher that I had to be his punching bag of sorts? It's like, no, but that's what it was a little bit. You know, he, he, he some, for some reason felt safe in my presence, in my class to unload a little bit. Um, and, and, and by judging by what he read, he regrets that. Um, but it's the reality. That's what happened. And, and if I could go back to my younger self and my younger years of teaching, I would say to myself, hey, sometimes you just have to work hard in not taking it personally. Right? Like it's so easy to absorb these blows and feel like, oh, there must be something wrong with me as a teacher, as a person that, that students are acting this way. Um, but the reality is, it's like, actually, no, it usually has more to do with what their circumstances are. And so if I could have known that at the time, I would have been able to meet him in a different way. And, and that's just how it went. And, and who knows? Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Like, I, I don't know exactly how it would have made me operate differently. But at least I would have been able to go home at night knowing, you know what? This kid probably has more going on beneath the surface. And it's not my job to make him love me. It's not my job to make him love every bit of my class. My job is to give him opportunities to succeed in here. And apparently I did, right? Apparently I kept giving them those opportunities and, and it didn't come to fruition for a little while, but I, you know, I got this beautiful note from him that just kind of affirmed my own work. And you know, I, I think that's something we all have to do is find these reminders that the work we do is having an impact and it doesn't always show up at the time. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was speaking at this school, like, hey, this is a difficult job, especially when you get into the month of November and, and you've got, you know, parent conferences and, and the, the luster of the beginning of the school year is starting to wear off and, and it feels like, man, this is hard and the slog sets in and we have Thanksgiving coming up, but it's a couple weeks away and so you're just like, man, I've got, it's just, a, it's an ongoing difficult time of year. You hit what some people call the November wall and it's like, yeah, this is difficult and it's like, this is sometimes, this is the time of year where we have to remind ourselves that, hey, this is not about hitting the destination, destination at all times. This is about realizing that it's a journey and it takes time and the work, the investment we're making is worth it. And, and sometimes you get evidence in the moment, sometimes you get it years later, like I did with this former student who sent me a Facebook message, like I did yesterday uh, when the mom came up to me and said her daughter is graduating college and she still remembers my class. It's like, oh, I didn't know that in the moment. Like it was so easy to go home at night after having that student who just didn't seem to want to engage in the work and think like, oh, she's not getting anything in here. She's not gaining writing skills. Maybe she's not assessing the way I hope she would. I must not be effective. I must not be highly effective. Maybe I'm minimally effective, right? If we're using teacher evaluation language, 
But then sometimes you get these, these, these special little moments years later, sometimes they feel divine. Like they're, they're a message to us as a reminder, like, hey, you're doing good work. Um, that remind us, that's like, no, the work we're doing is ripe with impact. You know, there's something I said yesterday as I was thinking about the challenges of, of teaching, especially now, is that like, yeah, there is deep challenges to this work, but it also comes with a deep satisfaction. And I'm not sure how many jobs get the same type of satisfaction that comes with being an educator, with getting to be a guide and students' stories and help them in their formation and their growth and learning how to live and thrive in this world. And every now and then you get reminders that the work you're doing works, that it matters, that it's impacting students. That comes with a deep satisfaction. And so if that is you today, if you feel beaten down by students, if you're being met with too much apathy, if you've heard a student declare openly that they hate you, just remember, it's not your job. It's not your job to get 100% participation out of students. That's impossible. Your job is to continue to give them opportunities to succeed. And if you feel like you're doing that, if you feel like, you know what, I am creating a classroom climate and culture where students have that opportunity, and I am meeting my students with grace, but also consistency, and I'm giving them opportunities to thrive in my class, whether they take those opportunities and do something with them or not is beyond your control. But if you are doing that, know that you are having an impact. And you might not see the measure of that impact right away. It might not show up on a test score right away. It might not show up that school year even. And that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but that is the reality. Guess what? Sometimes it'll show up in a Facebook message years later or from a random mother coming up to you after a speaking gig. I don't know. It, it shows up in the most beautiful, random ways. And if you've been doing this a while, I bet you're nodding your head and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're a younger or newer teacher, um, just wait. Those affirmations will come. So anyway, there you go. That is episode 40 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. If you liked this episode, would you do me a favor and leave a little rating or review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening? It really helps more people find out about it. And if you'd like to share it with any other educators who you feel could listen to this message and take something away from it today, feel free to pass it on. Um, my name is Trevor Muir, and this is the Epic Classroom Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.